The world of esports is evolving into a massive sector of profitability for competitive gaming. Today, we'll learn more about a project that is involved with blockchain gaming, play to earn, and player versus player gaming. In episode 4 of Verify Crypto, we take a deep dive into Stake Cube Esports. <laughs> Welcome to Verify Crypto. Today I have a friend with me who goes by the name Kodiak. Kodiak, how are you today? I'm fine, thank you, Derek. I'm really glad to be here today. You can call me Simone or whatever you like. Thank you, Simone. When did we meet and how long has it been since we've known each other now? 2018 should be. We have started working closely around 2019, uh, later 2019, and start of 2020 with some more messages. And then I came up in 2021 with an idea, which was, well, which is now uh, Stake Cube Esports, which is probably the product I manage with CK, also known as Kim, which is the head of esports. And until that time, I I really didn't know you. I knew you were working for Staycube and then that you were taking care of the public relations with the company. But now we have started working closely uh, related to the public relations, uh, also for Staycube Esports. And actually about this project, because I would like to start with this one, this is the first real project I have started, something that is really I, I really love it. Like I have started it, not gonna say like a game or like a joke, but I would have never expected to start it in this way. Because when I proposed it to you uh, in 2021, you were like, yeah, I can propose it to the rest of the team and we will see. And then I remember three or four months later, you came up with me and said, hey, I have proposed the idea to the rest of the team and they are excited to work on this. So and then we started uh, creating tournaments and shaping our product, which is now something we are not yet done. Uh, we are trying to shape our product the best way possible, uh, collecting feedbacks from the players, from the staff as well. And we're trying to improve also um, the tournament management, the partnership management as well. So it's something I really like. I love the project and how it's going. Probably it's one of my best ever done projects. Uh, I have tried many times to do something like Stake Your Esports, but I was... Not saying alone, but actually I had a lot of people behind me that were doing nothing. So having someone uh, doing basically what you do as well, it's a big support over here. And I like how the project is going. With that said, let's take it back a little bit further. When I first met you, you were like 16 or 17. How old are you now and what else do you do outside of crypto? Well, uh, now I am 20. Uh, so we have we have met like... When I was 17, I wasn't even overage at that time, not gonna lie. So it was actually the idea of getting that project, uh, which is which was something at that time that I was thinking already, was actually sick for that age. Uh, currently, I am the head of operations at Stake Esports, but I'm trying to get 
something else in the esports industry with ESL, which is now changing the brand to ESL Faces Group or EFG. And I have recently joined the local Italian support team at Binance, so I will be getting a full-time job uh, starting from this week, actually. So I am really excited to start working with probably the the leader of the market uh, related to the cryptocurrency, even though they are not so expanded in the field of esports as we are with uh, StakeUB Esports. And this is actually something I would like to take and to talk about with Binance as well. Because at the time when we started with uh, StakeUB Esports, we, I didn't have any sensation of web-free esports and cryptocurrency being together. So I can say that we had the idea as other companies as well. So I'm talking about Blast Esports, for example, which one of the main sponsors is Coinbase. Valve, that have decided that Bitcoin-related uh, companies can now advertise in their tournaments. But we, ha- we, we were basically one of the first to uh, develop the idea of getting together esports and the crypto economy all together in one product. Obviously, we're not as famous as ESL or Valve, so the project itself is kind of small. Possibly, we were one of the first getting this idea and trying to develop it at the best time possible because we were running against time at that time because we wanted this project to start. So it was kind of obvious that we had the idea probably at the same time as others. So I'm kind of proud of this, uh, a product like uh, Stake UB Sports. I had the idea and I wanted to bring it to someone that instead, yeah, it's it became reality at the end. So this is amazing. It's cool to see a vision when it can be put into effect. And it certainly takes a lot of time and energy. So are you currently in university right now, if I remember right? Yeah, I uh, I am the I mean I'm doing the first year in university. We'll get a bachelor's degree in digital communications, hopefully in 2025. But probably it will be uh, different. I will be completing my studies in 2027 or 2028 because I would like to focus with the full-time job I have in Binance now. So I will get the full-time job and I will be doing a little change in my uh, university uh, career, so I will be switching to the part-time in the university. So the idea is to try at least to get both the full-time job at Binance and obviously my side project, which is StakeUB Sports, and trying to, in a certain way, to make it with university as well. So completing studies, doing exams and all that stuff that actually not interesting at all at the moment, I can say. I, I, I'm i more interested in, you know, bringing up my projects rather than studying in books at the moment. So this could be an issue when I'm studying. Well, you certainly are on a path to success. And if I remember right, you are Italian and multilingual, correct? Uh, well, I'm native Italian. Uh, I know English level. It's B2 slash C1 with IELTS which is the English certification we have in Europe. 
I have studied one year and a half uh, Spanish, one year and a half French. Probably with university, I will get back to, at the, at the second year, I will get back to Spanish again. Or if I would like to, and it's actually something that is going in my mind lately, I would like to get back on German uh, because I have studied German for like one month and a half. That's actually nothing, but I have done it the last year when I was doing Oriental languages in the university. So I was studying Japanese and uh, and German, then switched to English. But yeah, I would like to take back uh, the German skills and try to learn it for the future or maybe just getting on something easier, which is Spanish for me, because it's a it's a near language uh, to the Italian one. So it could be easier for us rather than with other people like German or probably, uh, you know, American people. One thing I've come to find is it does seem like English is the most used language as far as communicating with other people around the world. I mean, every day it's a different project from another country and most commonly I'm communicating in English. So that is nice. Tell us a little bit about ESO and what's going on there. Probably, I I don't know if uh, you guys know it, but actually ESL is the leader of uh, everything that is related to esports. Uh, they have recently uh, acquired uh, Faceit. They have recently acquired ESEA. Uh, they had the Bad Lion client uh, since October 2020, if I'm not wrong. So they have started a certain process of acquiring the major uh, competitive companies related to esports. So they are trying to build both online and offline. So what I do in ESL, as I'm a normal admin, I basically manage uh, tournaments of various game titles. Uh, I was taking care of uh, FIFA, which is probably one of the most common games in the esports uh, field, because actually many times people think about football as esports, and that's it. Like in Italy, it's something common. If you say esports, they say FIFA, and that's it. They don't think about other games like Brawl Stars, Clash of Clans, Clash Royale. They don't think about Asphalt. They don't think about uh, Gran Turismo. They think about FIFA. They think about football, because football is actually developed in Italy, so they think about that, and that's it. But esports is beyond football. We have also that. And it's probably one of the more I mean, of the most played games on ESL Play as well. But I am kind of sure that one of the biggest games that is followed is League of Legends for sure. Then we have Dota 2 and other games. So there is a bit of uh, difference uh, between what people are thinking of esports and what really esports are. What I was taking care of in ESL, well. I have taken care of the Italian section uh, starting from Rainbow Six Siege when I joined in June 2020. Then I took care of Fortnite uh, as well with my first paid um, competition at December 2020, which was the JBL Quantum Cup. Then I have managed 
Apex Legends tournament, FIFA tournaments as well, and a lot of them. I have managed uh, Brawl Stars tournaments. And actually, I have started managing a lot of tournaments when I have joined the ESL Mobile Open, which is now called uh, Snapdragon Pro Series, which is basically the mobile product ESL is bringing uh, to everyone, basically. So um, in today's edition, I have managed basically every title that is inside the Snapdragon Pro Series. So I have done Asphalt 9, I have done Crash Royale, Clash of Clans, Brawl Stars, I have done League of Legends, Wild Rift. So I was, uh, and I have done obviously uh, the PMCO, which is something that should be up to Tencent, but uh, let's say that ESL uh, has taken care of uh, this year's PM P PMCO. Uh, so it was included in the in the mobile series, but it's actually a lot of products. Uh, it's really probably the, the best shaped one. And it's also, I do think the most difficult one because you are taking care of a lot of titles and many of them are totally different one from the other. So you have to have a little bit of knowledge of everything. And I'm not gonna lie, sometimes I was uh, confusing myself with all the rule books we had, all the questions we were receiving. So it was kind of bad, I can say. And then at the end, Apex Legends, when basically I was done with uh, SPS this year, I took care of and Fortnite again for JBL. So JBL asked DSL to do another edition of the tournament. So I took care of uh, Apex Legends and Fortnite again. So the games I have worked on the most, I can say that are PUBG Mobile for sure, because I have done the mobile open on 2021. And on 2022 as, in 2022 as well. And the second game, I do think it's Fortnite because I have done some offline events. I have done the DreamHack in Sweden. I have done the Gamescom with uh, Brawl Stars as well. I have done the Gamersate in Saudi Arabia with Fortnite, the Gamersate. So I have a lot of experience as a referee for Fortnite. So I, I can say that that is the game I hate the most because I hate that game, but it's the one that I am condemned to manage for some reason. So <laughs> this is basically my punishment. But yeah, th that's it. Like You are working on things that most people have no clue where to begin with. It's impressive. What do you think is the best type of esports game for gaming? Would it be first-person shooter, racing, sports, or something entirely different? Mm, this is an interesting question. If I have to go on a on a personal talk about this, I can say that probably the best games are the first-person shooters or, you know, the battle royale games. So PUBG Mobile, for sure, Fortnite, Apex Legends, and yeah, then I would put racing games. So Assetto Corsa Competizione, which is uh, a game created by an Italian company. I'm proud of this, which is something that actually has been requested uh, by Lamborghini. Okay, this was uh, an official competition by Lamborghini. So it was something I really liked when I was managing it. But I do think that the most played games and that 
let's say that the the ones that fit the most in the esports scene could be uh, the FPS rather than the MOBA like League of Legends or Dota 2. I see esports more on a CS:GO level, on a Valorant level rather than on a League of Legends level. Like you, you know, we have the words, we have the Riot Games words which are probably the most followed esports event uh, at this time, but I do think esports is something else, a bit something else. Like what FPS are giving that thrill of, you know, you, you know where the enemy is, but the guy that is playing doesn't know. And this is something I really like. And also the casting is on another level uh, for a CSGO and Valorant, uh, usually. It's like, how casters are behaving during the FPS games and how casters are behaving during uh, a MOBA game or a mobile game, it's kind of different. So I do think that for also for a spectator engagement, uh, the FPS wins on every other genre. I'd say I'd have to agree. If you look at something like Call of Duty, I'm sure it's the world's biggest user base. And of course, it's first person shooter. Now, where do you see State Cube Esports having a threshold in the industry of gaming and esports? I can say that since I have started driving this project with CK, I have seen a lot of realities. I have seen a lot of people trying to emulate and copy us. But, you know, I'm not doing names right now, but, you know, we are striving to get a certain level of tournaments, a certain level of support, a certain level of sponsorships, of advertisements, of streaming as well. Something that others are missing yet. So I do think that we can and we will be probably improving a lot in the future related to the solely esports industry. Like we have tried to develop the web-free ecosystem the best way possible. So we have moved from the from the web two games, like we have started with Rocket League. Then we have moved after some months to web-free gaming. We were thinking about doing something more for those games that were related to the blockchain. Then we started with Axie Infinity. We started with Titan Arena. We have started then with Axie Origins, and then we we have, you know, we had this thing in mind. Why are we focusing only on the web-free esports? We are trying to develop something that is accessible to everyone. You know, many times the web-free uh, games are in a certain way tied up with NFTs you have to buy. So this is something, this is a barrier that many people would like not to throw down. So what we wanted to do is achieve a series of products that were free for everyone. So if I want to play Titan Arena, I can do it. I don't have to buy an NFT to do it. So we're trying to uh, achieve something which is accessible to everyone. And what is the best way to, you know, take people on the other side from Web2 to Web3 is having both Web2 and Web3 tournaments. So we have started with Brawl Stars, which is basically the the the, the origin from of uh, the origin of Titan Arena. So we have started doing Brawl Stars, 
And what I have noticed is that some teams that played on brosters uh, on our brosters tournaments played also in the Titan Arena tournaments at the end. And some people that were playing brosters um, in our tournaments were also in ESL play. I am uh, currently the staff team lead for the global section of uh, brosters in ESL play. And I have noticed that some teams have the same name on ESL Play and on Community Gaming, which I thanks because it's uh, thanks to them uh, that we are hosting so many tournaments. Um, so a big shout out to them. Uh, but you know there are some connections between uh, within companies in the esports industry, like. We have teams and people that somehow worked with something related to esports. I have some colleagues that work with ESL as well. So, you know, there is a bit of uh, of link between StakeUB Esports, ESL, the teams that are trying to join other tournaments as well. So I can say that some teams and like, let's say that an even um, a rising number of people are trying to explore the web free gaming as well, starting from the web two. So I do think that, uh, you know, getting the web two and the web free uh, products together, it's something that will really, really take us to the next level for sure. And this is something uh, we're moving forward and News will be coming in the next few months. I cannot reveal nothing for now. What is something hypothetical that you can see coming for the future of StakeCube Esports? Like perhaps a blockchain game? Who knows? I mean, that's something I would like to achieve personally, but only the time can say. What I can say at the moment is that, well, I think I will spoiler this. Uh, probably CK will kill me after this, but you know, uh, th that's not an issue. Uh, most likely, StakeUB Sports will have its own uh, blockchain gaming team competing in other tournaments as well. So what we're trying to achieve at the moment and what we are discussing is getting a team of players for Titan Arena, for Brawl Stars, for other games, okay? even if they are not blockchain related. So it could be both Web 2 or Web 3. We are trying to get some teams uh, to play in other tournaments as well, not in our tournaments, to you know get some money uh, and actually try to you know make them talking about us because we will be sponsoring the team. We will be giving out the, the resources, the human resources to the team we will be giving out the money to the team to compete. Uh, we will be giving out our logo to the team as well. So I can say that in the future, we will have a team competing in some tournaments. And, you know, getting the name of StakeUB Esports around uh, other tournament organizers as well, because we, we want to expand in something more rather than just organizing tournaments we want to have something more rather than just our tournaments. We want a, a complete product. So we would like a team under our control. You know, we can continue to organize tournaments as well, but we would like to offer the service uh, as tournament organizers as well to other clients, for example. So if I have, I don't know, any type of company just trying to enter the tournament organizing uh, field in esports, I can propose Take Your Esports to be 
basically the main partner for them. So they pay us um, something and we organize the tournament from planning to execution until the end. And we basically make money because they pay us. And at the same time, we can also gain experience as well on how to better manage our products uh, because we have managed uh, a product that it's not up to us. So based on the client's feedback, in the future, we might be able to improve our product at a point that, who knows, maybe we will get an offline event as well. This is something I am aiming at. It will require a lot of time, I know, but who knows, in the future, maybe we will have an event which will be sponsored, organized from Stake UB Spurts. Who knows? This is obviously not in the near future. Uh, I'm having... A, a long-term vision on this project because I know it won't fail because the foundations are there already. So that basically the structure cannot collapse. The foundations are strong and they, have, they, they are been getting stronger day after day with all the partnerships, with all the communications we are having with other companies, with uh, the internal communication as well and how to improve our products. So... I do think this project will not collapse. There's a lot of interesting avenues to approach when it comes to the esports industry, from NFTs to play to earn, in-game items and currency. It's an industry that is not going away as well as rapidly growing. Yeah, I, I do think actually that, you know, uh, how are some companies growing and developing their products related to Web3 are many times wrong. I mean, I don't see Web3 as something, as a, as a currency, as an in-game currency that can be traded from something from the outside. Like, because if that's Web3, then CSGO skins can be Web3 already. And that could be the origin of Web3 as well. So I do think the Web3 concept is kind of different and it's not getting something on a blockchain and that's it. It's like the entire ecosystem that's behind uh, the game or the web-free application. It's not a currency. It's not a, a single NFT. It's an entire ecosystem. It's something that is connected with a game. It's something that is connected with uh, a range of services, a range of offers that can, that people can do to, the co to companies, for example. So it's not just the in-game currency, it's the entire ecosystem. Having the blockchain that controls the entire ecosystem for a company, that's Web3 for me. It's not just the in-game currency someone is trying to do. That's true. There is several ideas to Web3 as well as Web2 gaming as we know it today. Tell us, what is your role at Binance? At the moment, uh, from what I know, I will be taking care of uh, the Italian support line. So I will be in charge of answering users' questions. Uh, so helping them with the platforms, with issues of every type, from deposits to withdrawals to even security problems, because we will have many of them. Uh, you know, ri uh, risings, uh, we, ha we had some rising issues with uh, DDoS attacks and uh, tech attacks at the exchange after what have happened to FTX, to the Terra Luna ecosystem, to Celsius as well. So 
many people are not confident anymore on the exchange. So in a certain way, the user support at the moment is playing a key role more than ever in supporting the user and, you know, trying to give them a bit of trust back because, you know, you are part of the company, right? I mean, uh, if, if I was already in Binance and I have started working already, I would have been confident enough of the uh, of the platform, but a user that deposited money and asks me about um, questions related to the company and something like that is trying to uh, getting some information from a good source. So what I would do is actually helping him to understand that the platform he is depositing money on is reliable, it's trustworthy, and it's not going to run with the money of no one because like, it depends. It's the business model. Uh, some exchanges had a Ponzi scheme. Some exchanges had, uh, let's say, shady business model. So it depends on who is managing the finances of the exchange. So people are panicking. Uh, for this situation and the support will be taking care of this for a while. So I would expect uh, for the first months of 2023 as well, a lot of people trying to uh, get some information about the company, about uh, the security procedures uh, the company is uh, creating and taking care of for for their money. So I do think that the support is actually one of the most difficult things to do at the moment in the crypto market and in the cryptocurrency uh, field. So it's a challenge. I would like to accept it. And who knows, maybe in two or three years, I will be leading the security team at Binance. Who knows? I mean, that's my dream. Absolutely, man. You're certainly a talent to the space and an extraordinary person that any project would be lucky to have on their team. Community and customer support is potentially the backbone to a good brand and project. So tell me, where do we learn more about you, Simone, and Stake QB Sports? Well, if you want to see some good esports and to follow us, just search for SC Esports on Twitter and you can follow them. I am Kodiak Ita on uh, Twitter as well. So if you would like to follow me, then just Go to my profile, have a look at it. I'm not going to bite you. So (laughs) if you want to do that, just you can do that and leave a follow if you want. I would like to thank you, Derek, for this opportunity. It was fun and actually a big opportunity as well uh, to talk about my experience and my passions about cryptocurrencies and esports. So hopefully we can do something like this in the future again. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get you on for another show sometime next year to see how things are going for you with Binance, ESL, and StakeUB Sports. Thanks again, Simone. And that will wrap it up for episode four of Verify Crypto. Like, subscribe, and share. We'll see you next time. This episode is sponsored by StakeUB. Trade, earn, build. StakeUB is an all-in-one crypto ecosystem equipped with an exchange, NFT marketplace, staking, and more. 
Join the future of finance while earning competitive APYs through multiple strategies across a wide range of crypto assets with safety and efficiency in mind at StakeCube.net. Verify Crypto is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Information shared from the host or guests featured in this recording should not be viewed as investment or financial advice. Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are considered as risky and speculative investments. If you're seeking investment or financial advice, find a licensed and professional financial advisor. Mm -hmm.